Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Hope. That's hope. Enter it now. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. speculating here but i'm not sure that joe biden is a drinking man my guess is over the years he's probably tossed down a few right if there ever was a day to go home and have a stiff one (laughs) a stiff drink this is probably the day for joe biden to do it i tell you what man talk about a bad day oh you name it, he had it today. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. All right, we're trying to do about 15 things at once here this afternoon. We're, we're going to get you all the reaction to the um, the uh, uh, vaccine mandate, the Supreme Court today ruling, telling the uh, federal government and Joe Biden, eh, 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 you can't do that. Uh, Kirsten Cinema coming out today, basically killing the filibuster. She did that. We've got that uh, report coming out of Moab, released yesterday. In the case involving Gabby Patino, we've got a lot going on today, and we'll try and keep you up on this as best as we possibly can. And we invite you to be a part of the program, 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone. All you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Ron, I want to listen in here for uh, just a second. We just want to give everybody a chance to get on who are council members who are... Um, involved here. All right, that is the uh, chairwoman of the uh, Salt Lake County Council. They're going to be voting today on the mask mandate. Let's listen into that a little bit more. This is uh, Council Chairwoman uh, Lori Stringham. The mask mandate. And we will um, go to that right now. Madam Chair, with uh, no further ado, I would like to make a resolution. I would like to make a motion to overturn the mask mandate. I have a motion. Do I have a second? Second. I, I I would second that. I have a second. I have a motion and second. Um, now we're going to have a discussion. Um, at this time, I'm going to ask the, the council to, if you wouldn't mind in the discussion, I know a lot of you have prepared statements and things you'd like to say. Um, I would like you to not only just make your statement, but I would also like to ha- call for the vote at the same time. So make your statement. Give me your vote. Again, you're listening in right now to uh, so we need live call, coverage of the uh, Salt Lake we'll County Council. Vote. Madam Chair, I, I, I wanted to give a little deference. I know I've been more active in some of these meetings. Um, <clears throat> if I could make a statement before we vote, is that okay? You want to make a statement before we vote? Yeah, I mean... I was going to let everybody make a statement before they say their vote, but do you want... Oh, before to they say their vote. Yeah. Okay, so is that she, right? when she calls on us, we make our statement. Exactly. Gotcha. Is that okay? I've never Madam done Chair. that before. Madam Chair. Yes. I would like to propose a substitute motion. Okay. Um, that should the council vote to repeal the order, that we adopt a resolution strongly encouraging the health department to convert the order and publish it as a public health advisory. 
me to read that again? Is that a friendly amendment? Would you like me to read it again? It sounds... Well, it sounds like they've got a, uh, you know, there's a lot of procedural stuff that's going on right now at the uh, at the Salt Lake County Council, and we'll try and listen in as much as we possibly can during the show uh, here in the next half hour. We expect a vote to come up anytime soon as to whether or not the uh, Salt Lake County Council is going to overturn that mask mandate, and we'll try and keep our eye on it as best we can as we uh, talk to you this afternoon. Now, uh, a lot to get to, like I said, uh, as Abby mentioned, Utah Senator Mike Lee will be joining us live from the nation's capital one hour from now we'll get mike's reaction of course to uh the ruling by the supreme court today basically toxing out the vaccine mandate that the uh, biden administration was trying to shove down our throat and joe biden like i said a tough day you know the uh, democrats have been hoping that they could vent, could convince senators like joe manchin and kirsten cinema to vote in favor of changing the rules when it comes to the filibuster so they could have a vote on the uh, voting reform measure that the Democrats are trying to shove through. But Cinema took to the center floor today and basically said, no, it is not going to happen, and we'll let you hear what she had to say as well. So a lot to get to today. Again, we're trying to keep our eye on what's going on with the Salt Lake County Council right now. And again, the hearing has uh, not a hearing, it's a vote. Uh, as uh, Councilwoman uh, Lori Stringham indicated, that uh, everyone will be allowed to make a statement and then they will have a vote. A substitute amendment to that has also been offered where if the mandate is struck down, the uh, county health department would then be authorized to issue an advisory to the people of Salt Lake County about the importance of wearing a mask. I don't know if that's a compromise they're starting to take a look at now, but we'll try and keep our eye on it as best as we possibly can. Now, let's go to what happened today. First of all, um, let's talk about the uh, uh, Joe Biden's bad day. First of all, Joe Biden came out today, and this morning he held a brief update as to what his administration is going to do with the surge in COVID-19. He was incoherent. I mean, <laughs> he, he just mumbled and stumbled his way. So he had that, and then he was planning to head on up to the Senate to meet with the Democratic Senate caucus and to uh, kind of push them to see if they could change the filibuster and vote on the voting reform bill. Well, even before he did that, Kirsten Cinema, who is the Arizona Republican senator, took to the Senate floor and told people why she wasn't going to vote to change the filibuster. Here's what she had to say. Our country's divisions have now fueled efforts in several states that will make it more difficult for Americans to vote and undermine faith that all Americans should have in our elections and our democracy. These state laws have no place in a nation whose government is formed by free, fair, and open elections. These bills help treat the symptoms of the disease, but they do not fully address the disease itself. And while I continue to support these bills, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. Eliminating the 60 vote threshold on a party line with the thinnest of possible majorities to pass these bills that I support will not guarantee that we prevent demagogues from winning office. Kirsten Sinema the Arizona Republican senator. Now, a few minutes later, Joe Biden had to walk into a lunch meeting with Senate Democrats and try and convince them to uh, change their vote. That wasn't going to happen. And listen to how defeated he sounded when he came out of that meeting, realizing that he wasn't going to get a vote on the filibuster or the voting reform package. Like every other major civil rights bill that came along, if we missed the first time, 
we could come back and try it a second time. Miss the first time, we can come back and try a second time. That may not happen because remember what is next year? This year is an election year. If the Republicans gain control of the House or Senate, that bill is not going to go anywhere. So it looks, uh, like I said, a bad day for Joe Biden. And even, even before the day started today, remember what we told you last night? A new Quinnipiac poll came out last night. It showed that Joe Biden's approval rating is at 33%. Donald Trump's approval rating with the Quinnipiac poll never went below 37%. Put it into perspective for you a little bit, doesn't it? So tough day for Joe Biden, a tough day for uh, uh, his effort to get a voting reform bill and the filibuster change. It is not going to happen. And the Supreme Court knocking down his vaccine mandate. So a tough one today. And Mike Lee will join us a little bit later on to talk about that as well. So we've got a lot to get to today. And we invite you to be a part of the program. 888-5708010, 888-5708010. Or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right, President Trump's biggest rally yet will happen this coming Saturday in Arizona. And there's only one major news network that's going to cover it. It's Newsmax. I watch Newsmax all the time, and great hosts like Grant Stinchfield, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Gene Pellegrino, Sean Spicer, and so many more. The media, they're censoring President Trump. Even Fox News is not going to carry his rallies. So millions of Americans are now turning into Newsmax. President Trump says Newsmax is really good. And this Saturday, Trump expected... To make a big announcement, I strongly urge you to join Newsmax's Trump list and get the rally info plus a lot more about President Trump. To join the Trump list, all you do is have to text the word AREA to 39747. That's 39747. Be among the first to know when Trump makes his big 2024 announcement. Text AREA to 39747. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love.
Well, this is my unofficial count so far on how the county council is voting, but I, I think I've got it at 2-2 right now as to whether or not to uh, keep the mask mandate in place and all the county and overturn it. Now, I've been checking in and out. My numbers may be wrong, but I know Amy Winder-Newton and uh, Councilwoman Granada have voted in favor of it. Uh, Steve DeBry, who already announced publicly he's against it. Uh, I know David Alford, who will be on the show a little bit later on tonight, is going to vote against it. Uh, Councilwoman Theodore has also indicated that she'll vote against the mask mandate. So we'll see how this shakes out. Now, another big story that broke late yesterday afternoon was a report on what happened in Moab during the uh, Gabby Patino uh, call outside of Arches. Uh, the uh, Of course, Gabby Patino uh, was found dead up in Grand Teton National Park. Her uh, boyfriend, who uh, disappeared, we couldn't find him for several weeks, was later found to have committed suicide in the Florida Everglades region. Very, very sad case. But a lot of questions were being raised about how the Moab police handled what many considered a domestic violence situation, which, in fact, it was. Well, a report out yesterday made uh, basically said that Moab police made unintentional mistakes in handling of this. And that's why I wanted to bring on Brett Tolman. Brett, of course, is a former Utah attorney. Uh, for the state of Utah, U.S. attorney, I should say, to analyze all of this. Brett, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Great to have you back. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year, Rod. Great to be with you again. Uh, Brett, what do you make of this report on the Moab police that there were several unintentional mistakes? It's hard, um, because you read through it, and sometimes when you dig into the weeds on a on a scenario and a situation you you know you interview folks and you look at the evidence and they're they're all well-meaning people i don't think there's a single officer there that isn't you know absolutely devastated by what happened um but it's it's difficult because this kind of report doesn't doesn't suggest some of the the overarching concerns the fact that uh the the encounter seemed to really suggest that there was an issue here between you know, these two. And she was showing signs that she actually might be the one that's the victim in the case. And uh, there were, you know, conflicting witness statements. And so I get that um, the way the report came out, and you can say unintentional, but these were very big, you know, problems in what occurred. And the result is, you know, the loss of mm-hmm, Gabby Petito. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Brett, uh, and not justifying what police did here, just looking at this report, but every police officer I've talked to over the years say a domestic violence case is probably one of the most difficult to deal with and to try and get to the truth and figure out what's going on and then what the next best course of action is. No question. It is the the toughest part of a police officer's job is is interacting with uh, individuals that you're trying to figure out, you know, what happened, and especially when they're connected domestically. Here, it was it was a difficult situation, and there were things that were done that were done that were right. Um, you know, the separating of them, trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, there's no there's no perfect response to an encounter. But one of the one of the problems in this case is there really seemed to be an effort to try to not take anyone into custody and and we've passed laws that have you know been on the books for some time that when you're called to a domestic there's a reason why you know we've erred on the side of taking someone into custody that's not always produced a great result but you can see why the legislature has passed such laws. But why would pursuing charges have changed it, or how could it have changed it, Brett? Changed it, Brett? There's no guarantee that it would have, but it, it, it clearly would have separated them. 
um, in, in, in more ways than just a 15, 20 minute or an hour, you know, long discussion on the side of the road. Um, at that point, you hope that you might have gotten, you know, more candor from, from Gabby as, uh, perhaps she might have felt a lot safer to, to, to have discussions. But it also, you know, a lot can happen when you, when you have to, you know, overnight, you have to sleep on things and, um, it, there's no guarantee, Rod, and it's a tragedy that uh, there, there's not a guarantee that it could have been avoided. But we do know that they left from Utah, and that was the last contact anybody had with them together. Mm-hmm. Should uh, domestic violence experts or mental health counselors been brought into this discussion somehow, Brett? Is that required at all in a case like this? Well, Rod, I think you make a great point, because we're starting to see that policing... Um, oftentimes our police officers are not equipped for a lot of what they have, they have been asked and it's unfair. Um, and so there are times when, you know, I think it's appropriate for individuals to accompany officers, especially, um, in some of these tougher situations and maybe domestic violence is one of those, certainly where there's mental health issues, we're learning that, you know, an, an additional expert or, or someone that can assist the police in responding is important. The report also pointed out, I thought this was interesting, uh, Brett, that the officers showed kindness, respect, and empathy during the call. So obviously, they, it, it sounds to me like they were trying to do what they thought was right at the time. I think that's right. I, I noticed, you know, as far as police interactions, <clears throat> you know, if nothing had happened between the two, and we're not, you know, looking back on this, it was, you know, they were courteous and they were trying. You could see that each each of them, you know, were were trying to, you know, do do I think what was in that moment the uh, the right decision, and that in the end may have been, a, you know, a major component as to why there doesn't seem to be one one individual that seemed to be acting personally out of line. Uh, I think it was a collection of all of what occurred and the and the fact that they may have manipulated slightly the situation to make sure they didn't have to take someone into custody. That really was probably the most concerning aspect mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. thought. What needs to change in the future uh, for departments and police to handle a situation like this? And there'll be more of them. I think we, we both you and I know that. What should change, yeah. Brett? What would you recommend as far as changes to be made? Well, first of all, I think there needs to be public education for individuals like Gabby, their family members, their friends, to speak out, to say something, to get out of those relationships, to, um, you know, it happens all too often. And if we can start there, start in the family and in the home and in the relationship and start to deal with it, and that's not always possible. And if that's not the case, then we do need officers to understand that even the simplest, uh, you know, traffic stops, you know, mm-hmm. they may have to look deeper and they may have to understand that if it's a domestic they're going out on, that they may have to, you know, they may have to exercise a little more caution and a little more thought in how they handle it. And there's such emotional issues, aren't they, Brett? Tough, tough, sure tough for are. a police officer to be put in a situation like this. It's so difficult for police officers because we ask them to do so much and we're asking more and more of them. And, you know, what I've found, Rod, is almost every single police officer out there is really a, a good person trying to do a good job. You, ha- you have, you know, a few bad apples that give, give police officers a bad name, but that's not the run-of-the-mill police officer. Um, they're your neighbors, they're your friends, and they're your family. 
At the same time, when they take that job, though, they have to understand their training and they have to take it very seriously because you never know when you're going to come across a situation like this. And, and what a nightmare for this police department and for these police officers as well as the family of Gabby Casito. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brett, as always, great chatting with you. Thank you. Great having you on again. Thank you. All right, on Thanks, our newsmaker line, uh, former U.S. attorney for the state of Utah, Brett Tolman, taking a look at the report coming on the Moab Police Department and its handling of the Gabby Patino case. The uh, police officer who investigated this said there were some unintentional mistakes being made. A lot of people are analyzing this today as well. I, it looks like we may have a decision on what the Salt Lake County Council has done on the mask mandate. Abby will be along in a few minutes and give us complete details coming up right here on the Radar Catch Up. You know, I hear from parents almost every day, many of you expressing concern to me about the education that their child or their children are getting right now. If you're concerned, I have a special invitation for you. I invite you to find out about Challenger School. They have six locations to uh, help your child up and down the Wasatch Front. And what I love about Challenger School is their mission. What they want to do is they want to prepare your child to become self-reliant to figure things out for them uh, themselves and be able to do it for themselves, to think for themselves. It's so important nowadays, and to embrace the challenges and the opportunities that the world could present to them. They do this. How do they do it? Well, they have combined fun with learning. I mean, it is a seamless blend, really, between fun and learning, and that's what they do. So how would you like to find out more about Challenger School? Well, here's an opportunity for you to do so. They'll have an open house at any of their six locations coming up on Saturday, January 22nd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's Saturday, January 22nd from... We really love you! PCLaptops.com That's PCLaptops.com Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this very busy Thursday afternoon on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know if you're just joining us now, didn't catch Abby's newscast at the uh, bottom of the hour. The uh, Salt Lake County Council on a 5-4 to four vote just voted to uh, stand by the decision by County Health Department Director Angela Dunn to uh, impose a mask mandate on Salt Lake County for the next 30 days. A little bit shorter than that now because she announced the uh, declaration, I believe it was on Friday. But the county voted 5-4. to four. Two Republicans on the county council went along with the Democrats and with a 5-4 to four vote. So they are going to maintain this mask mandate in Salt Lake County. As a matter of fact, coming up at 6.05 tonight, um, Council Member Dave Alvord will join us. And we'll sit down and talk with Dave about the decision. He was opposed to it, by the way. And we'll talk about the decision and the debate going on within Salt Lake County right now about a mask mandate. Well, Utah lawmakers head to Capitol Hill on Wednesday for their 2022 45-day session. A lot of bills up there. There's talk about uh, tax cuts, but there's also talk about, you know, uh, water and air. What can we do to conserve water here in the state and efforts to clean up our air? Now, there is a one bill that will be proposed by my next guest, State Representative Steve Handy, and the bill could um, help us understand the true cost of of what air pollution air pollution is doing to all of us. And Steve's on our newsmaker line. Steve, how are you? Happy New Year. 
Well, Happy New Year to Rod, can, to you too, Rod. Can we say that? It's the 13th, but That's I, okay. I, I still like to say that. Hey, I you, can, like say, say you that. can say it as long as you want, Steve. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Steve, what you, yeah, you're, try, you're trying to put yeah. a, a cost on air pollution. What do you mean by that? Oh, I haven't thought of it in terms of a, of a cost, only the cost of, of, of the fact that that uh, even though our air, and I, uh, you know, I've spent my few years in the legislature working on air quality and these kinds of issues, I mean, it's cleaner today than it has been in over 20 years. It's pretty nasty out there right now. But uh, for sensitive populations, I mean, it is still taking a toll. So uh, a study out of BYU, Dr. Ben Abbott, peer-reviewed by 25 uh, scientists, uh, took all the data, crunch data, came up with the fact that <clears throat> they, they feel that still, that mortality rates rates for particularly those with sensitive uh, situations could be affected by as uh, by as much as two years by our air, by our by the air in Utah. And I thought, my word, is that true? So we heard this in the in the Clean Air Caucus that we have, as uh, you know about that. And mm-hmm. so I started looking to it and drilling down into it. And I thought, you know what? We really don't have any data points. How do we prove that? So started talking to the Utah Medical Association that the that the um, um, uh, uh, the people at the Department of Health, and uh, thought, you know, we can just we can put this in that a, that a physician can, based upon his or her expertise, uh, add as a contributing factor of as a cause of death, uh, air pollution, and so we do that, and then we go, and it, it doesn't. There's no cost to this. Doesn't grow government. Doesn't do anything like that. It just gives us a data point that we go down there two or three or four or five years, and, and then we can look at it and go, wow, uh, that is true or that isn't true. But if it is, then we better all do some additional things to try to mitigate the causes of uh, poor air quality. Steve, the study that they did, do they say these deaths are directly caused by <coughs> air pollution or that the air pollution is a factor in these deaths? Exactly right. A factor. A factor. Now, that's exactly right, a contributing factor. I mean, you might have emphysema, you might have other something, you might might have been a habitual smoker, you know, mm-hmm. and have some lung problems, and uh, that, that then the air pollution just is an additional cause of that. If we yeah. know that, Stephen, if we tie that in, how is that going to change our approach on dealing with air pollution here in the area? Well, I think, to me, that gives us some pretty strong data points to say, oh, wow. Look at that. We have known that, uh, yes, our era, we've spent millions and millions of dollars. And that you think of the education that goes on. Stop your idling, you know, carpool, uh, mass transit, all of these things that we telecommute, everything like that. But still, it is a contributing factor for uh, sensitive populations. And it seems to me that there are more and more folks with these uh, with these health problems that have to do with 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 our with our air quality, and so this will give us data points, as I said earlier, Rod, to be able to assess this and to look at it and to say, my gosh, after going going out there three or four or five years, saying, look at this, this this these uh, death certificates uh, that are tracked by the Department of Health, these contributing factors. Wow, who knew? Steve, we need, is, we need to yeah, address this. Yeah, Steve, is it going to take one big step or um, uh, movement to get this going? Or are, are, are these changes that we want in our air, are they going to have to be yeah. incremental steps? You know, don't idle, drive less. I mean, is there one yeah. big solution to this, or is it a conglomeration of a bunch of minor steps? I think the second is true, Rod. We have talked for years, those of us who worked in the policy of air quality, that we picked off a lot of the air, the, the, the low-hanging fruit. 
um, you know, the, the regulations. But we know that 50% of our problems come from, 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 from tailpipes. But a big, a big thing that's happened is that our five refineries uh, that you, you drive by every night going back and forth to work, you know, um, they are producing or will all be producing what's called tier three gasoline, very low sulfur, very, very clean. And that's pretty well widespread now throughout our system. And that will do a huge thing. So it's a lot of little things. Is, do we have any proof yet that the tier gas, the tier three gas is making a difference? You know, I don't. I, I think if we if we got on the, if we if we had the Bryce Bird on from the Department of Air Quality, we could nail that down. And I've I've had uh, I've I've had reports, but I, I can't give his specifics right now. Okay, about it. but but yes, all the scientists say yes. What other steps are you looking at uh, this coming legislative session that begins next <laughs> Wednesday, Steve? On top of this one that there, we're currently talking about, that uh, that other things you want to get through. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, Rod. Uh, some things about uh, we've got to get to a point where we where, where we're having more alternative vehicles. You're hearing a lot about the charging, uh, you know, infrastructure uh, uh, that Rocky Mountain Power is involved in, and 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 trying to get that out and try to address the issues of range anxiety. There are some additional things about the penalties of. Uh, polluting uh, trucks and cars particularly uh, and uh, getting getting people to clean to clean that up but for the most part I don't think you're going to see a lot of legislation this year uh, this this year because a lot of the low-hanging fruit as I said has been plucked already and picked and we've just got to do a lot better job with taking individual responsibility I don't know if you have an answer to this but I'm going to ask it anyway Steve yeah do it. Go why, for it, man. why have natural gas cars never taken off you know, they were a big, yeah. big deal, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, Dominion has 26 stations in the state of Utah. The rate of the, the cost of gas, I think it's like $1.98, <laughs> uh, their equivalent gallon. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why they never, I, they, I think they were really going to take off. They, you have them in, in buses and you have them in uh, waste trucks and you have natural gas and in other things like that. But in terms of private vehicles, it really never took off. Yeah. And I, I think I think I think that I think that the Teslas, the EVs, are just a lot sexier. Yeah, and you have to, if you're driving a pickup truck like I do, you have to take and, and put a tank in the back of the truck. That's true. And it just is like, man, I he's like, well, geez, I'm going to lose my hauling. My hauling <laughs> oh, you just like the look. You just like the looks of the truck without that tank in the back. I know what it's all there you about, go, Steve. All right. Hey, Steve, take care. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the visit, Rod. Bye-bye. All right. State Representative Steve Handy joining us on our Newsmaker Line talking about Utah's poor air quality. More of the Rod Arkent Show coming up right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, I want to talk to you a little bit about the law offices of Jordan Wilcox. You know, if you're behind on your taxes and you're tired of being dogged by the Internal Revenue Service, Guess what? You need to talk to my friend Jordan Wilcox. You don't have to live in fear of losing your home, losing your wages, or even losing your business. The law offices of Jordan F. Wilcox are the tax law experts, and they will fight the Internal Revenue Service for you. Now, one of Jordan's clients, this was a nurse from the from the Utah Valley. The nurse had his taxes withheld but failed to file a tax return for several years. He told his wife it was all taken care of. And then his wages started getting garnished by the Internal Revenue Service, and as you might expect, his wife freaked out. Well, he came to Jordan with an IRS bill of $65,000. Wow! Jordan helped him file his late return, settle up with the Internal Revenue Service for much less than what the IRS said he owed. 
No matter your situation, the law offices of Jordan F. Wilcox can help you get a fresh start. You've stressed yourself out enough about this, right? Now it's time to take action. Dial pound 250 on your mobile phone right now and say the keywords tax help UT. That's tax help UT. Pound 250, tax help UP. Free in-office test dose with guaranteed results. Call 385-325-8625 today. All right, welcome back to the Radar Catch You here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, you'll know Utah Senator Mike Lee will be joining us in just about 15 minutes. We'll get Mike's reaction to the uh, decision by the Supreme Court today on the vaccine mandates. And it looks like the uh, filibuster changes to the filibuster. That movement by Chuck Schumer is about dead. And uh, the voting reform bill is about dead. And we'll get Mike's reaction to that as well. I want to go back, if you're just joining us now, the uh, Salt Lake County Council within the past hour... Uh, voting on a uh, five to four vote to maintain the mask mandate for Salt Lake County, uh, issued by uh, County Health Director Angela Dunn late last week. You know, we've all been through this. I think we're all getting sick and tired of this. We've done almost every stage of the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> we can go back to the Tiger King stage if you want. I mean, believe it. I mean, we've done about everything. We've been through it all, and people are getting sick and tired of this. Now, I want you to hear from a uh, practicing internist in Washington, D.C. Her name is Dr. Lucy McBride. And she is one of the doctors out there, and there are, there, there are quite a few out there who have been uh, what I would call on the island of sanity in a sea of misinformation and confusion being put forth by a lot of doctors and a lot of people in the public health sector, including Angela Dunn. Listen to what she had to say about the role doctors and public health officials can do in resting or calming the fears and hysteria that so many people have. So as you just opened with, Brian, this is a parallel pandemic of mental health in crisis. Mm. You know, we are bathing in fear. People have been worried and panicked necessarily because of the threat of COVID-19, which is absolutely real and, and present. That said, those of us in the medical profession particularly those of us who are patient-facing, who help people every day understand their unique vulnerabilities for disease, whether it's from COVID or cancer. We have an obligation to help people frame risk, to deliver fact-based, nuanced information. Fear does harm. It only makes people afraid. It doesn't affect people's decisions. So when I'm on Twitter or right now with you, I'm trying to help people understand that, look, your risk for COVID is as different as someone else's. And revving the emotional engines of people's anxiety only does harm. Boy, she is so spot on on that. I mean, look at what, listen to what she had to say. She said, as doctors and public health officials, we have an obligation to frame the risk that every patient faces. And not one size fits all. People will respond differently to COVID. Now, she was asked as well. She appeared, by the way, on CNN with Brian Sedler. She was asked to give some examples of what she meant by that. Listen to her explanation here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I don't ascribe ill intent to these doctors. I think most physicians went into medicine to help people. I think a lot of physicians themselves are anxious and themselves are trying to offset their own anxiety by broadcasting to a wider public the anxiety that's in the air. But Mm. if doctors and public health officials don't check their own anxieties, their own fears, and take a moment to reflect on how they are messaging and how they are potentially doing harm by, again, sharing fear-based messaging, then we really, really should take a break. Because look, doctors mm. are people too. We're seeing a mental health crisis among, among healthcare providers as well. We are human. It's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to want to share our stress with others. But when it's affecting people's everyday behaviors and affecting the way they feel and, and their decisions, You know, fear isn't motivating. Fear just makes people afraid. Dr. Lucy uh, McBride, again, a practicing intern in in Washington, D.C., in that area. Doesn't she make a lot of sense? I mean, if you listen to what she had to say, you know, um, doctors and public health officials have an obligation to properly frame the risk for each individual. Like I said, uh, one size on this doesn't fit all. I'll give you a classic example. I'm not sure what's going to happen to me over the coming week or two, right? We got back from the Rose Bowl, my wife and I, and she came down with COVID. Okay, her second bout with COVID. Uh, And my guess is it was Omicron, and she went and got tested, and that was confirmed. It's highly contagious, okay? Why didn't I get it? You know, I've been feeling fine. Now, it could happen, right? That could happen. But every individual out there is different, and this virus is going to attack in so many different ways. And that's what Health officials and doctors, that's how this needs to be framed. The other issue is that public health officials, you know, uh, need to check their own anxiety and fears about this and, you know, make sure they're presenting this properly as they talk about this. And this is the concern that I have. When you hear mask mandate, all of a sudden there's a new fear which comes into our daily lives, a new mask mandate. Oh, my gosh, you know, this, this, this latest virus is very contagious. We all know that. But are they framing it properly in saying, look it, you, you, you know, we suggest you wear a mask. You wear a proper mask. But that's really your decision as to whether or not you're going to wear a mask. So I think this uh, Dr. McBride, this is the first time I've heard her. There are others out there 
who say, you know, the role of a doctor or a public health official is not to create fear. And unfortunately, I think that's exactly what has happened in this country the past two or three years, is that we have created fear. And a lot of people are saying, we're done being afraid. We are going to get on with our lives. We're going to do what we do each and every day. We've had the vaccine. Some may have had the boosters. Some may wear a mask. But it is our own individual choice. And we're tired of the government and public health officials creating fear in our lives. All right, when we come back, Senator Mike Lee will join us. We'll talk about the filibuster and the vaccine. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Money. That's money. Enter it now. We're live, we're local, and we're everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette Show on what has turned out to be a very, very busy uh, Thursday. Here in a few minutes, we'll be talking with Utah Senator Mike Lee. We'll get Mike's reaction, of course, to uh, some big news coming out of the nation's capital today. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court, in a 6-3 to ruling struck down the vaccine mandate uh, that the Biden administration was trying to impose on businesses who have over 100 employees. The uh, ruling based on the, the, the proposal from OSHA was going to be implemented through OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, requiring uh, any company with more than 100 employees to either require their employees to be vaccinated or to be tested on a weekly basis in a negative test. And the court turned that down today. But it allowed uh, some of the provisions concerning healthcare workers to go into effect. Uh, and that's not a surprise. That's what Mike Lee predicted would happen uh, when we talked to uh, Mike on Monday. And we've now got Mike on our Newsmaker line. Mike, how are you? Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Thanks so much, Rod. Good to be with you. Mike, you were about spot on. When we talked to you on Thursday, uh, Tuesday, you pretty well predicted what the uh, court would do today. And they basically did it, didn't they, Mike? They did. They did it in a beautiful way. It's <laughs> a big win. So it's a win for, for American workers. It's a win for Utah families. And it's a win for the Constitution. And the court ruled correctly. And federal bureaucrats and President Biden can't just arbitrarily set general requirements like this. General requirements are going to result in up to 500,000 Utahns losing their jobs and 84 million Americans. Mike, from what I've been able to see from the court so far, it appeared the court basically said, look it, COVID is everywhere. It is not a work-specific issue, and that's why OSHA shouldn't be involved in this. Am I reading that right, Mike? That's exactly right. This is a, a ubiquitous issue. It's not just a workplace threat. It's not like some piece of machinery that some employers have at the workplace. It's not something that people encounter at work but then can avoid once they leave work. This is everywhere. And so we've seen this. I've known this since day one. I've known this since September 9th when he announced he was going to do this, and that's why I've gone to the Senate floor dozens of times, and I've introduced over 15 bills to try to counteract these mandates. And while Democrats blocked every one of those bills, I'm glad the Supreme Court had the courage to block the mandate today. Were you surprised that they did this on a 6-3 to vote, Mike? No, no. This is exactly how I would have predicted that this one would turn out. Um, from what we could tell from the oral arguments, uh, the 
the three members of the court who dissented, Justice Breyer, Justice Kagan, and Justice Sotomayor, uh, uh, appeared to be quite angry and upset at the oral argument. And yet they didn't have the law on their side. And that's more or less what we saw from the opinion today. What did the court rule when it comes to health care workers? With regard to health care workers, the court ruled against it. Now, that was a fractured opinion. That one was five to four. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts Kavanaugh joined with the three liberals on the court and refused to to stay the proceedings in that case. And so as a result of that, uh, that one's not over. Uh, That isn't the end of the fight. There are still thousands of Americans who are at risk of losing their jobs because of the CMS mandate. But um, that one remains to be litigated a little bit more. Then, in a nutshell, though, what they said in that case was they think that the federal government has more control over its own activities, over its own health care systems, Medicare and Medicaid, uh, than they do with respect to the general population. So what does that mean right now for Utah workers who may be working for Intermountain Healthcare right now, Mike? What does that mean for them right now? Well, Intermountain Healthcare likely had policies that would have required everyone to get vaccinated anyway. But uh, for if they didn't, or, or if a Utah healthcare worker is working for some other entity with CMS contracts, uh, then they might be covered by this, even if they're not covered by the now enjoined, by the now defunct OSHA mandate. And so this one is still there for them. This still raises concerns. I still think they've overreached. And this did draw a harsh dissent from my former boss, Justice Alito, and also from Justice Thomas. And uh, they, they were joined by Justice Gorsuch and uh, Justice uh, Barrett in, in connection with that. And they made some excellent points that this is still an overreach. Do you think the administration or the Democrats are going to try and do a workaround on any of these issues, Mike? Or is there anything for them to use and try and get around this uh, court ruling today? Okay, with respect to the OSHA mandate, the OSHA mandate, which is now enjoined, which now cannot kick in, they'd better not, because they've now been slapped down by the highest court in the land. They do not have a leg to stand on. And you know, Rod, I find it, abs- I find it distasteful. I found it, find it absolutely galling that President Biden stood idly by as millions of Americans. I mean, we're talking 84 million Americans and up to 500,000 Utahns were being threatened with their livelihoods, threatened with an inability to put bread on the table, threatened with being rendered not only unemployed, but unemployable pariahs if they wouldn't bend to presidential medical orthodoxy. That is shameless. That is immoral. That is evil to tell people, we're not going to let you feed your kids unless you get a medical procedure the president wants you to get, even if it would counteract some kind of religious belief that you have, even if it would uh, uh, jeopardize your health condition due to a, a pre-existing medical condition, uh, or even if you've developed natural immunity. Mike, it, it appears the bad day for President Biden started before this a ruling came down when he was on his way or coming up to meet with the Democrats in the Senate. And before that, Kirsten Cinema, the uh, Democratic senator from Arizona, took to the Senate floor and said uh, she's not going to vote to change the filibuster. And basically, does that mean this voting reform measure is dead now, Mike, for now? I sure hope it does, because you know, these guys are trying to commandeer uh, through the federal government so that they can control through their own political appointees the election processes in all 51 states. 
They're trying to achieve a type of political hegemony that's never existed in this country. They're trying to guarantee long-term, in effect, permanent democratic control of this country so that they can stop Republicans and so they can stop the will of the American people as expressed in uh, 50 different states through their elected representatives. And that's wrong. Um, I, I'm proud of my friend and colleague, Kirsten Cinema, And she truly is a friend. And uh, she and I are both graduates of BYU. And so I think this was a, uh, a, a big win for her alma mater and mine today. When she stood up for the Constitution, when she stood up uh, for the Senate rules, and when she stood up for the interests of the American people. Mike, of course, Cinema and Manchin have been the face of this opposition, but there have been rumblings of other senators who've been very uncomfortable with these changes. Is that what you've heard as well? Do you get that sense there were other Democrats, Mike, who were going, I don't know if I want to go along with this? Yes, I'm certain that there are other Democrats who share many of the same concerns. Uh, it's been publicly reported that some of those might include John Tester from Montana and Chris Coons from Delaware, among a few others. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would vote against it if given the opportunity. I think enough water has passed under the bridge in all of this that they not having publicly announced their intention to do so, they'd find it very, very difficult, if not impossible, to stand up and vote no. Yeah. Well, a good day for the Constitution, Mike. Great having you on the show. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. All right. On our Newsmaker Line, Utah Senator Mike Lee, his reaction to two big stories today coming out of Washington. The Supreme Court basically saying today that uh, the Biden administration, through OSHA, does not have the constitutional authority to require employee employers with more than 100 employees to uh, require each of those employees to get a vaccination or to take a, um, a COVID-19 test and to prove that they do not have it. And also earlier today, uh, Kirsten Cinema, who is the uh, Democratic senator from the state of Arizona, standing up along with Joe Manchin today, announcing that they would oppose any effort on the part of Chuck Schumer and the White House to change the filibuster rule so we could get a vote on the voting reform package. So tough day for the White House, but a good day for the American people, in my opinion. We'll get your reaction to all of this. Coming up next, right here on the Rod Arkent Show, 888-570-8010, Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 5708010 or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right. Uh, the Greater Salt Lake area is going to be another uh, red hot real estate area in the country this year. Of course, homes are selling, selling briskly. Uh, the inventory is low. The demand is high. But if you want to sell your home and make sure that you can sell it quickly and you get the price you're asking for, may I suggest you work with Justin Udy and Team Real Estate. I've known Justin for several years now. Great, great guy. Talk about knowledge. Talk about experience. Do you know he sold more than 1,000 homes in the greater Salt Lake area? And he really believes that he can help you sell your home. That's because he offers a 14-day guarantee. Here's what that means. You list your home with Justin, and if it is not under contract within 14 days, 
he will sell it for no commission whatsoever. And if you need help in getting your home staged for sale or making sure it is being marketed properly to get as many people through your home as you can to see it and to uh, possibly find a potential buyer, he's got a great team behind him to do just that. He's with the Century 21 Everest Group. Find out more today. Just go to... To inspire thought and action. Listen to the Meat Eater podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Rod Catch Show on this uh, Thursday and Utah Talk Radio, Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. Can't arrest, listen, and you'll know if you're just joining us now, the uh, Salt Lake County Council voting uh, five to four uh, just about one hour ago to uh, continue with the mask mandate that uh, County Health Director Angela Dunn imposed on Salt Lake County businesses and residents a week ago tomorrow. Uh, and two of the Republicans on the council decided to go along with the three Democrats and uh, that well, that's what ended with a five to four vote. Uh, council Chairperson Lori Stringham and uh, Council Member Amy Winder Newton uh, both voted in favor of maintaining the mask mandate. Uh, we are going to talk with uh, Councilman Dave Alvord. He'll be in studio with us coming up in the uh, six o'clock hour, and we'll get his perspective on this. He voted against it, and we'll let Dave uh, explain why he did that. Now, there's been a big news day. We had a couple of big decisions. That's why I want to open up the phones to you and get your reaction uh, to the uh, mask mandate being maintained um, by uh, Salt Lake County. And, and we all know there is a surge going on right now. You know, there are people, even in our own building, our own company right now, who've been impacted by uh, COVID-19. My family was. My wife came down with it. Knock on wood, and there is a little bit of wood in this studio. I haven't been impacted by it as of yet. Can't say never. Uh, but, you know, so far it hasn't impacted me. But I know of others who have been impacted by COVID-19. But I think, the, I, I think all of us are, in fact, getting sick and tired of this. Um, and you know, what is going to happen the next time there is a new variant and there could be, uh, you know, a new variant that comes out and, um, uh, are we all going to, you know, rush to grab our face mask, um, uh, stay in our homes again, hurt the economy. And is this going to happen every time something comes up? I mean, you had the alpha case. Okay. The first time it hit. And we were told we're going to take a couple of weeks to flatten the curve so we can move on. Well, that's been about 600 days since then. Then we had the Delta variant. Uh, That came to us, right? That came out of, what was it, India, I believe, is where they think the Delta variant came. Then we had Omicron. Omicron came out of Africa. Uh, And it's different. Uh, And what is the next variant? And how are we going to deal with all of this? Because I think that's where the frustration lies. Uh, and I want to get your reaction to that. 888-5708010. 888-5708010. Now, I want to play, and I don't know if you heard these, these two sound bites from Dr. Lindsay uh, McCoy. Um, she is an internist in Washington, D.C. She is one of the physicians out there who are basically telling the healthcare industry, you know, you, you've got to remain calm in this. And in a way, I think she's saying quit scaring people. Listen to what she said. This is the first bite of her, uh, Dan. Listen to what she said on CNN yesterday about what's going on with the medical community and its reaction and treatment of COVID-19. So as you just opened with, Brian, this is a parallel pandemic of mental health in crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, we are bathing in fear. People have been 
worried and panicked necessarily because of the threat of COVID-19, which is absolutely real and, and present. That said, those of us in the medical profession, particularly those of us who are patient-facing, who help people every day understand their unique vulnerabilities for disease, whether it's from COVID or cancer, we have an obligation to help people frame risk, to deliver fact-based, nuanced information. Fear does harm. It only makes people afraid. It doesn't affect people's decisions. So when I'm on Twitter or right now with you, I'm trying to help people understand that, look, your risk for COVID is as different as someone else's. And revving the emotional engines of people's anxiety only does harm. And then she was asked to give some examples as to what she's seen in the medical community as it has responded to COVID. I don't ascribe ill intent to these doctors. I think most physicians went into medicine to help people. I think a lot of physicians themselves are anxious and themselves are trying to offset their own anxiety by broadcasting to a wider public the anxiety that's in the air. But Mm. if doctors and public health officials don't check their own anxieties, their own fears, and take a moment to reflect on how they are messaging and how they are potentially doing harm by, again, sharing fear-based messaging, then we really, really should take a break. Because look, doctors mm. are people too. We're seeing a mental health crisis among, among healthcare providers as well. We are human. It's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to want to share our stress with others. But when it's affecting people's everyday behaviors and affecting the way they feel and, and their decisions, you know, fear isn't motivating. Fear just makes people afraid. Yeah, fear, fear does make people afraid. That is Dr. Lucy McBride, practicing internist in Washington, D.C., and a mental health advocate. Now, here's, here's what I, my takeaway from what she's saying here. And I loved uh, the use of some of her ter- terminology. We are bathing in fear. Are we still bathing in fear over COVID-19? Because I think, you know, there was a story out today that anxiety in this country is at its highest level that we've seen for a long, long time. And are we bathing in fear? And she also pointed out, she said something uh, uh, very interesting as well, that doctors and public health officials need to properly frame the risk that COVID-19 poses to each and every individual because each and every individual is going to respond to it differently. And she said, health officials, again, need to check their own anxiety and fear at the door and need to be careful of their messaging. And I think that's been a huge problem here is the messaging. Because as soon as Angela Dunn comes out and say, ah, we need to pull the mask mandate again, that creates fear among people, fear among children, fear among parents. Mom and Dad, you have such a role to play as to how your children react to this. And what you're doing to your children. Are you talking about this openly in front of your children? Because I think that scares the daylights out of them. You need to be careful. So I want to get your reaction to what she says. Because are we bathing in fear still, what, two or three years into COVID-19? Are we still bathing in fear? And how do we get out of that? 888-570-8010-888-570-8010. Or on your cell phone, just dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, and we'll get to your calls and comments. 
coming up here on the Rudder Ketchup. Let me take a minute right now to talk to you about the wonderful people at American Loans. American Loans is a mortgage company. It's right here in Utah, and it has an A-plus business rating with the Better Business Bureau. Do you know they've been in business for 30 years? Now, this gives them the longevity and the experience that really provides you the best advice on your mortgage and the options that you'll have available. Whether you're looking to purchase or refinance your home, you can trust American Loans to have your best interest at heart. Now, mortgage rates are great right now. They're creeping up a little bit, but they're still very, very low. But do you find yourself not fitting into the right box? Maybe you have a credit issue you have to deal with, or you're self-employed, maybe going through the challenges of a divorce. American Loans does the -the out-of-the-box mortgage loans. Give them a call. Find out how they can help you the way they've helped so many who've been turned out by other banks. Check it out today. Just dial pound 250. Radio app today. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love. One man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Three years into this, are we still, quote, bathing in fear when it comes to COVID-19? And have, has the health community, doctors, public health officials, have they properly framed the risk of COVID-19? Because some people say they have uh, almost created fear themselves when, in fact, you know, we're going to have to live with this. It's going to be around for a while and we can deal with it. And we do have vaccines now. Uh, that help. They don't protect us, but they do help in a way. Uh, I, I think the decision on the mask is pretty well done. Unless you have one of those really high-end masks, a mask may do you a little good, but it's not going to do a whole lot. And what about you? Know, remember, we had you know we had to wash our hands every time we turned around. We had to wipe off surfaces. I don't hear that much anymore. But why are we still bathing in fear? Over COVID-19, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod, let's begin with Elaine, who's in South Jordan tonight. Elaine, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Ron. Thank you for having me. Good, great. Um, I really appreciate everything that you're doing. I With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I am so involved in this just because I I have kids in every um, <laughs> every uh, section of life. Like uh-huh. I have a high schooler, middle schooler, and an elementary, and it's very frustrating what's happening in real time. I have to explain because things are happening so quickly and changing that you can barely keep up with these mandates and what they want and expect. 
So we talk at home, and, and you have to be very matter-of-fact with the kids because it's very sensitive. Um, and just letting them know that, you know what, this is just what we're doing right now, but actually I'm grateful that we didn't have to and that they exempted people that felt they had um, certain concerns. They didn't have to wear the mask, which was very comforting. But when I walked into my daughter's class the other day in elementary, first grade, I come to find out there was like 80, 90% of her class was wearing the mask. And I was really sad about that because we had a choice. And I feel for the mental health of the children, of the youth, it is not helping them one bit. I mean, we have more deaths now in suicide, from suicide, it seems like, in our valley, um, from this um, epidemic, Mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. from the sickness itself. I'm talking about for the children, as far as children go. Um, This is really, and this is going to put more fear into their um, into their little hearts and their bodies, and it's not helping them make better choices for themselves. So I just feel the public health, um, the the public schools definitely need the backing of parents. We need more voices. We need people who appreciate freedom because what we're what we're going to see is that they're trying to take more from us if yeah. we give in to all these mandates. That's just one step. Yeah, Elaine. The next step of what? Yeah, what Elaine. Mm-hmm. Do you do you get a sense your children are afraid of this thing? Have they? Are they learning to deal with it? What's your sense as to how your children? You mentioned you have one in high school, middle school, and elementary school. Yep. How are they dealing with it? In your opinion? No, that's such a good question. They are dealing with it well, and that's only because they have two parents that talk to them yeah, about it. Yeah, good for and you. We're staying informed. We're staying informed, and we're getting. We're going above and beyond of what we think the health, I mean, the the validity of these masks are. They know, and the science is not behind it. I mean, it's really not. It's actually doing more harm. And you you still can get COVID with the mask. You can still get COVID at the hospital with everyone being vaccinated. So all of these things are happening real time. So we discuss these things at home. We discuss uh, what what do they think they need to do? What do they think is right? Um, And they make choices. Good for them. Good for them. Elaine, thank you. Great parenting, by the way. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's go to uh, Jason, who is in Draper tonight here on the Rod Arkent Show. Jason, weigh in on this. What do you say? Hey, Rod. You know, in relation to the uh, doctor that was on and talking about faith and fear, it's kind of interesting when you have Angela Dunn stating, get boosted or get COVID. I mean, how much more fear can we instill in people that if you don't get one thing, you will get another. I didn't know she had a crystal ball, and uh, I didn't know she can she can tell our future. The other thing, too, is you drive down I-15, and on the billboard, Omicron is spreading. Get your booster. Wow. How much more fear do we need to instill? It's the politicians, it's the media, and it's this political agenda and propaganda that's instilling this fear in regards to the mask mandate. Ms. Winder says we need to open up the toolbox and use every tool available. My question is, if we're going to pull out masks, we're going to push the vaccines, where is the early treatment? Where are the medicines that are already approved on the CDC, the NIH, and all these other databases? Where are the early treatments and the medicines to give to people to get out so we can get better so we've stopped spreading yeah. it yeah. instead of grandizing this and making it a polit- political propaganda play. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Jason. All those great questions. I want to ask someone, uh, if Angela Dunn says, get a booster or get COVID, well, I know people who have had uh, both vaccines, have had a booster, and they still have COVID. 
I wonder how she'd respond to that. Let's go to Bob in Brigham City tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Bob, how are you? Good. How you doing, Rod? I'm doing well. What's on your mind tonight, Bob? Well, I, I believe that, you know, in, in psychology, I learned a lot about groupthink. And I think that's a major reason why a lot of people are still afraid of the of the COVID virus. But there's a doctor, Robert Malone, who was mm-hmm. um, one of the, he has patents on the RNA uh, vaccines. He's one of the creators. And he said that it's mass formation psychosis because he's actually against giving it out. He doesn't think that that, that RNA uh, gene therapy, which everybody's calling a vaccine, is ready for public consumption. Yeah, I've heard that. But he said it's part of uh, mass formation psychosis, which is something that happens. Uh, I think we government should... can sway the public through through fear. Yeah, and I unfortunately. Uh... That is what has happened for a while. And I love the comments from Dr. McBride in which he said, you know, uh, we are bathing in fear still about this. I th- some of us are. I think many of you out there are realists. You understand, you know, we're going to get past this. We'll move on. We'll deal with it. Yes, there are risks out there, but every day is a risk. I get in my car and it's a risk. I take a shower, it's a risk. I could slip and hit my head and die for crying out loud. Life is a risk. And uh, we do what we can to protect ourselves. But if we live in this fear, then we bathe in fear each and every day. How do we live? How do we enjoy life? All right, more of your calls coming up. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod. Well, I had a great conversation this morning with one of the wonderful uh, nutritionists from the Soda Weight Loss and Nutrition Program. I've started the program. My goal is to lose between 30 to 40 pounds. And I've seen my colleague, Scott Seeger, do it. This is an opportunity that I invite you to be a part of as well. Now, the Soda Weight Loss Nutrition Program, it's a program that is getting rave reviews and really does work. As I mentioned, my goal is to lose anywhere from 30 to 40 pounds. And with the help of my nutritionist, and they're all very knowledgeable about eating and what you need to eat, when you need to eat it, why you eat sometimes, Well, they can help me. I know they will. It's a very simple plan. Just follow the plan. You'll never be hungry, and you'll lose between three to five pounds week after week. Doesn't that sound good? And before you know it, boom, as John Madden used to say, you'll look damn sexy and everyone will notice you. Take the journey with me to lose weight and feel healthier by signing up right now at SotaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A. Stunning diamond that speaks to you. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. All right, welcome back to the Rod Kent Show on this uh, Thursday. Can you believe it's Thursday? By the way, I'll be on the road tomorrow. We are going to be broadcasting live from the uh, 2022 International Utah Auto Expo down there at the uh, Mountain America Expo Center. I always love going down there. Car- I love cars. You know? A lot of people like to look at cars. They're changing so much. They become so technically advanced anymore in so many areas. But we'll be broadcasting live there tomorrow. And, of course, it's open tomorrow, uh, Saturday, and again on Monday. So if you want to have a little fun, I'm wondering if you're going to be required to wear a mask into that thing tomorrow. My guess is you probably will. I want to caution you. I'm not sure on that. I'll have to check that and let you know. Yeah, it is Salt Lake County, and and I think Salt Lake County runs the Mountain America Expo Center. I think. 
I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll let you know on that. You know, um, there there's a uh, I ha- I've had a lot of people over the last couple of days say, Rod, will you please please mention this story? And we've had so much going on. I haven't been able to do so, but then this is a story that's getting international attention, and Utah is in the mix on it. The uh, Daily Mail, which is out of the UK, had a story today about health departments here in the state of Utah and in Minnesota, and the fact that they could face a uh, potential discrimination lawsuit after the state of Utah, I can't believe the state of Utah would do this, issued guidance using race. That's right, race as a factor in prioritizing the treatment of COVID-19. This is a story that's been kicking around for a few days. Tucker Carlson, I think, talked about this on his show Monday or Tuesday. Um, Here's some of the background on the story. Uh, According to this report today in the uh, Daily Mail, the Utah and Minnesota Departments of Health both published guidance notifications that stated race and ethnicity could be considered when determining eligibility for COVID uh, antibody treatment due monoclonal antibody treatment due to the virus's greater impact in communities of color. Uh, America First Legal, which is a conservative law group, which was founded by former uh, Don- former uh, President Donald Trump's uh, Stephen Miller, it, it, that was his advisor, claimed that the policies violate federal law through blatant discrimination. Um, Miller says this, he says, using a patient's skin color or ethnicity rather than the unique and specific medical circumstances of an individual patient as a basis for deciding who should obtain life-saving medical treatment is appalling. And uh, this is a letter they wrote to Fox News, the Department of Health, Ask health professionals to use this scorecard to determine which patients are most at risk. Being non-white grants the patient two extra points. Now, the Utah Health Department has responded to this and said, no, that's not the case. But obviously, there's some information out there. Um, The letter, which this organization represented by Steve Miller uh, sent to Fox News, said the color of one's skin is not a medical condition akin to hyper hypertension, heart disease, or obesity, which are known to aggravate the risk of death or severe illness among those affected by COVID-19. Um, directing medical professionals to provide or deny medical care based on immutable characteristics like skin color without regard to the particular health conditions of the individual patients who are seeking these life-saving antiviral treatments is nothing more than an attempt to establish a racial hierarchy in the provision of life-saving medicine. The Department of Health defended their decision in a press release yesterday explaining that those who were non-whites or uh, Hispanic people are 30 to 50% more likely to be hospitalized than their white counterparts, and therefore they justified the issuance of these guidelines. I mean, now, you know, this goes back. Remember what Joe Biden said when... uh, he became president of the United States, and even before he was sworn in, uh, he talked a lot about equity. This is what equity is. You know, you, you use the color of your skin. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. To determine if you're going to get a certain treatment for COVID-19. And apparently this guidance, this policy, was issued by the Utah Department of Health and the Minnesota Department of Health. And now it appears that, um, that the state of Utah could be the target of a lawsuit against all of this. And, I, I, you know, come on, Utah. I mean, if this, in fact, is taking place, I can't believe it is, first of all. But if, in fact, it was taking place and is still in place today, I, I hope a lawmaker here in the state is aware of this story and is chasing this story down to try and find out exactly what's going on because this is not what we want to do in this state. We, sh- we shouldn't be doing it to begin with. And, uh, and something like this is not what we want. So, interesting. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with a uh, member of the Salt Lake County Council who uh, was strong today in voting no when it comes to maintaining the uh, mask mandate in Salt Lake County. Dave Alford will join us here in just a minute on the Radar Kent Show. So we invite you to stay with us as our number three is coming your way here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know a news update. And then we'll talk more about the county mask mandate coming up. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Pay. That's pay. Enter it now. We're live, we're local, and we're everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number three of the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Still to come a little bit later on, uh, Michelle Corigliano. Michelle is the executive director of the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association. Is going to talk to us about restaurants and this mask order, which, by the way, apparently is going to stay in effect here in Salt Lake County. It's for a vote by the uh, Salt Lake County Council just about a couple of hours ago. And joining us now to more talk, to talk more about this in studio with us is a member of the Salt Lake County Council, Dave Alford. Dave, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey, we've, great. we've talked a million times, never met face-to-face, <laughs> Dave. Great to be with you, Rod. What did you think of what went down today? Didn't take very long. What, about 20 minutes today? You know, we held out hope that one of our colleagues would have changed their vote. And, uh, you know, we knew we were about 4-4, and unfortunately it came down to a 5-4 vote uh, to uphold the mask. Mm -hmm. What's your biggest concern about it, Dave? You know, the biggest concern is this is a failure of representative government. If you think about, you know, we have districts, we have uh, at-large members, and so... When you, when you have a mandate like this that's extremely unpopular and the legislature gives us a tool to overturn it, I'll tell you, Rod, my emails were 8 to 1 wow. opposed. And the phone calls were six, you know, 6 to 1 opposed. And all of the personal messages, I think it was very clear where the will of the people was. And so I think for me, uh, the masks, you know, they're, they're a nuisance. We're going to have to deal with them another 20 days or so. 
for me, it was the fact that, uh, you know, one of my first jobs as elected representative is to represent the people. Mm -hmm. And I really wished my colleagues felt the same way. Mm -hmm. you know, let's represent the people. The legislature gave us a tool to overturn this. And unfortunately, that wasn't done. It was a 5-4 vote. I think what ruffles a lot of feathers, Dave, or at least this is what I hear from people who call into the show, is you have an unelected official really making this determination. Now, you had a chance to override that, an elected official, but really Angela Dunn, who's not elected, was appointed by Mayor Jenny Wilson. She makes this decision with no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, she sent out an email at 4.30 p.m. on Friday and said, here's the mask order. And, and then at midnight, she actually amends it. And this is the first time that I've seen this, this order in its entirety. And yet you're right, that's the only choice we have as to whether to overturn it or not. So the council said, hey, this may be coming up, or I'm concerned about this. <laughs> think about this. You know, it was interesting. You think she would, and she must have counted her votes ahead of time. That's all <laughs> I can guess. Um, she did send an email to me on Tuesday, and she said, what are your thoughts about uh, COVID? What, mm -hmm. what, can, what are your ideas, mm -hmm. council? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I think if we've got a, our hands on any KN95 masks, can we get those out mm -hmm. without a mandate, mm -hmm. of course? Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, thank you very much, Counselor. And, uh, and then the order came anyway. What about the, uh, the public hearing that you had the other day? What was your reaction to the comments coming from people? Because it, it appeared to me those who didn't want the mask mandate outnumbered those who did. But, you know, oh. I'm looking at it from a distance. What was your read on the, on the hearing the other day? Oh, absolutely. You know, the ratio was very similar to the emails, if you say it's a sample size. And, of course, people that show to a meeting, they're the most passionate. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but, yeah, again, it was a, at least 9 to 1, 10 to 1 opposed to the mandate. Well. I think the, the, as an elected official, it was easy to read the tea leaves. So mm -hmm. I, I am a bit confused. Mm -hmm. What gets under people's skin? about a mask mandate. Why, why is it such a divisive issue, Dave? You know, I think it's COVID fatigue. It's been two years at the beginning. Uh, you could make the analogy that government was pushing someone off a railroad track. You know, we've got a train coming and they think we're deaf, so they got to do with, with their greater knowledge. They've got to push us off that railroad. And I think the, the population in general was cooperative at the beginning. Uh, but now we're into it two years. The, the, the recommendations keep changing. Masks work. Masks don't work. Uh, the KN95 mask. And I think the public is saying, listen, give us the tools, give us the information, and let us decide for ourselves what we want to do about this. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think is frustrating. You point out, wear a mask. Well, we find out if we don't have a particular mask, and even the masks they recommend aren't all that effective. The vaccine will protect you. Yeah, it may protect you, but my wife just got just got it for a second time, yeah. and she's had both booster, both vaccines. Didn't get a booster on this, so we're told all this information. Yes, protect yourself, protect yourself, but it's not complete protection. And people are yeah. saying, "I'll just take my chances." Yeah, and and it's also expressing a lack of confidence in people to do what's right for themselves. Last night, I had a board meeting with an insurance company that I run. Mm -hmm. and we had a particular board member that's of older age, and he has some comorbidities. And we made a decision well before the meeting, hey, we're all going to mask up, and they're going to be the good ones. And we're going to wear the, K the N95s tightly sealed around our face for this board member. These are people coming from all over the state. Uh, we didn't do it because of government mandate. In fact, the mandate carves out private businesses from mm -hmm. having the mask mandate, unless mm -hmm. you are... Uh, seeing members of the public. But we, we decided we would have done this regardless of a mandate because of this particular board member. And I have all the faith and confidence in my fellow Utahns and the people in my county that they can also make the decisions that they think is best for their families, for their organizations. 
I don't think they need government. They don't need the nanny state. How would you have done this differently? I mean, you know, I, I, I read, uh, what was it, about a year or two years ago, you had some well-known epidemiologists who wrote what is called the Great Barrington Declaration. And they said the whole strategy was wrong. We should have got, you know, done all we could to protect the elderly and people who were, you know, who were acting or who were um, acting within the elderly, helping them out, protect them as best we possibly can, and then let the rest of us go about our daily life. And even people within the administration were calling these epidemiologists fringe epidemiologists who didn't know what they were talking about. I couldn't believe that because I think to me that made a whole lot, a lot of sense. How should we approach it differently here in the state of Utah? You know, I think there's going to be a lot of postmortems oh, at the sure. end of this, yeah, and we'll yeah. be able to draw some conclusions. But you, you, you mentioned uh, protecting the elderly. Sweden took exactly that approach. They said, "Listen, if you're young, if you're healthy, uh, we're not going to recommend a mask. We're not going to recommend shutdowns, social distancing." And uh, they had more cases at the beginning, and then they've re- been able to receive quite a bit of natural immunity. And if if you look at their uh, deaths per population. They are among the lowest in Europe right now. And yeah. so I, I think there's something to learn from Sweden. Yeah. What's going to happen the next time another variant pops up? <laughs> I mean, we all hope it. We, we all just say, oh, we're done with this. Please, well, we don't want it anymore. Well, one of, are we going to go through this again? One of and my, how many more times? I know, for at least for Salt Lake County is concerned. Uh, one of my colleagues said, this is it. This is one of my colleagues that voted for this recent mandate. Uh, she said, this is it. 30 days, that's it. And I, and I kind of thought to myself, well, what if there's another variant? What yeah. if the Dr. Dunn recommends it again? Yeah. And she says, no, no, hand on the Bible, this is it. <laughs> so I, I do think this might be it for Salt Lake County. I think the people did a good job showing up, uh, expressing opposition. Uh, I would just uh, counsel everyone, keep, keep at it. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, give us, you give us courage. You give us our backbones. The, uh, I had Mike Schultz on yesterday, who is the majority leader up at the Utah House. And, and Mike, you know, really called on the Salt Lake County Council to show leadership and to reject this mask mandate. That didn't happen today. But he said those who do need to stand up and say enough is enough here. And then I asked Mike, I said, could the legislature do something on this? Which apparently he said we do have the authority and we do have the power. But he said I want one of my Salt Lake County colleagues to drive this, you know, because I asked him, he, Mike lives up in Weber County, and Mike said, I said, are you going to lead the charge? He said, no, it should come from somebody in Salt Lake County. Are you aware of any legislator? Have you had any conversations with any lawmaker as of yet for the legislature to do something about this? I have not had those direct conversations, but I think that's exactly where we need to go. We need to link arms with our legislature and figure out what we can learn with how this bill rolled out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where do you go from here now? Do you live with this and see what happens and what now, less than 30 days, Dave? You know, um, I think you need to read the, let's just say you need to read the order carefully. Uh, there are not very many people actually required to wear masks. So I would say obey the law, but read that order. It's, it's on the Salt Lake County Health Department's site. Uh, there's a lot of exemptions for children. And, uh, and so I'm never going to get on the air and say, oh, yeah, break the law. But I would say read it carefully. Uh, there's probably a carve-out for you. Really? It's a, there, there are that many exemptions in it? There are a lot of holes. Then why do we have it, Dave? <laughs> I mean, you know, why do we have the darn thing? <laughs> uh, you know, um, that's what happens when, uh, when it's crafted in, in secrecy without uh, input from elected officials. I drove around. I don't know what you're seeing in the county as of yet, Dave. I drove around. I went out for lunch today. I live up in Davis County, but I went out to lunch today. I didn't see anybody wearing a mask. 
uh, even in a large, I didn't see people wearing a mask. I mean, you know, if it, if it's not going to be enforced, why on earth do we have it is what I've always asked. We have to be very careful issuing mandates and laws that the people have become accustomed to tuning out. Uh, you know, we, we just have to be very careful about that. I'm a big believer in law and order. And uh, this, I think the way this was rolled out and the timing and, and not gauging the sentiment of the people, it was a huge mistake. I think it's damaging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you suspect, I mean, who has the authority to enforce it, Dave? Do you know, is it a county health? Is it the sheriff? Who yeah. enforces this thing? I mean, you know, who could, could a sheriff's deputy or a health department walk into a business and say, if you don't impose this mandate, we're going to shut you down? I suppose the, uh, the, the mayors could, could give input to their police chiefs. Uh, however, this is really on, on the arms of the health department mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, they have inspection authority. They can come into restaurants. And I suppose they're, they're hoping for cooperation from the school districts. As, as you probably know, this is going to be one of these that's going to rest on the, on the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us adults, we have private offices. We have ways of avoiding wearing masks. The kids, you know, they're under strict scrutiny. And so the school districts may elect to enforce it, although I've heard Jordan School District has, has kind of given a... Uh... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Don't don't talk or mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it, mm-hmm. but they they've kind of told the teachers we we don't want you to police the children, um, but it's it's really the health department that's in charge of enforcing mm-hmm. their orders. Mm-hmm. How concerned are you about the impact on our children? I think it's a big deal. In fact, I heard from a constituent that's a teacher in in my district from Granger High School. I don't know if you saw the news today. There was a a very tragic oh, yeah. shooting there, yeah. Yeah. and uh, she sent me a very impassioned email saying that she wants the chance. Uh, to be maskless, to to show uh, human expression to her children, and then to also be able to see from their faces which of her class students are most uh, vulnerable and most emotionally affected by this mandate. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sent me an impassioned plea, please repeal this this mandate. I need to be able to give human support, not behind masks. Well, and I said the same thing basically, Dave. I mean, when it comes to children and a teacher, I think teachers have this wonderful ability to look out in their classroom, and they can spot kids who are having a tough day just through yeah. their facial expressions. And they'll take them in and say, hey, how you doing? Or they'll pay a little more attention to them that day because they suspect something's up. Yeah. Moms do this with their kids, too. Guys, we haven't got any idea. Yeah. We don't know how to do this. But moms know how to do this. Teachers know how to do this. And that's the fear that I have, that these kids are only going to see their eyes, and and they'll feel scared, lonely. Yeah. 
And that's why we have teachers. That's why we build schools. That's why we do it in person. You know, we could have videos to teach math. We could have videos online to teach reading and, and the various subjects. But we know that person-to-person communication, that gentle, you know, that human touch, that's, what, uh, we, that's why we have schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. Um, what do you think the biggest issue is facing the county? Now that we've got the mask mandate, unfortunately, uh, on its way, at least for now, until there are challenges by the state legislature, what's the biggest issue facing the county right now? Is it growth? Growth is huge. Um, you know, we're having traffic congestion, um, but I think it could be ideological as well. Is, is Salt Lake County going to be more of a conservative county, or is it going to be more of a big city mm-hmm. where it's going to have a lot of the issues with homelessness, uh, crime, drugs? Will some of the better uh, um, neighborhoods start to migrate out of the county, or mm-hmm. will it stay within the county? So mm-hmm. I, I think we need to look at our tax rates. We need to look at our policy towards drugs, homelessness, we need to make sure that this is a, still a wonderful place to live. When you think of homelessness, do you think about Salt Lake City, but do you get a sense it's starting to, to seep out into the county as well in the issue? Absolutely. It's a county issue. It really is. Is it? Dave, it's great having you on. Thanks for coming in today. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Get Rob. a chance to meet you, and good luck with the county. Yeah, Straighten thanks. them out down there, will you, Dave? <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> All right, joining us in studio, Dave Alford. Dave is a, uh, a member of the Salt Lake County Council, which, by the way, today voted to maintain the mask mandate. Dave voted against it. Uh-uh, we don't want it in here, but they did anyways on a vote of 5 to 4. And, of course, Abby will have more on that coming up here on the Rod Arcade. Radio app today. Radio. Discover music, radio, and podcasts you'll love. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour, we'll be talking with uh, Michelle Corigliano. Michelle is the executive director of the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association about how this mask mandate is impacting local res- local restaurants here in, uh, in Salt Lake County. How many times have you seen someone on the street, a homeless person, and you've wanted to help them? And maybe you've given them some money. Some people say that's not the right thing to do. Uh, better to donate money to an organization that is helping the homeless instead of giving the money directly to the individual. They, you know, there's always a concern. They may be using that either for alcohol or for drugs. But you've got this shocking story out of, uh, out of New York City. There was a good Samaritan. And this video showed that this good Samaritan got walloped on a midtown sidewalk Wednesday morning after he gave a homeless man his coat. Uh, Here's a little bit of background. Now, the twisted turn of events began when the 59-year-old victim tried to help a man by the name of Xavier Israel. He's 25 years old. He was laying on a sidewalk in front of a building at about 8.40 in the morning, Wednesday morning. Now, moments after, the victim gently covered the homeless man with his jacket. The homeless man, identified as, again, Xavier Israel, shoots to his feet, appears to push the man to the ground before snatching the wallet from his back pants pocket. That's according to some footage obtained by the New York Post. The victim then tries in vain, and you can see this on the video, to retrieve his wallet, but the suspect punches him and throws him back to the ground. This is a good Samaritan who is trying to help a homeless man. And the homeless man turns on him. 
Israel fled the scene. He was arrested a short time later. Witnesses told police that Israel stuffed cash inside his pants and officers recovered nearly $1,500 from him. So, you know, you wonder, you know, you're always leery of helping someone who's homeless. And then you hear stories like that and you go, now I see why I don't do anything. Kind of scary, isn't it? All right. um, I want to mention Trajan Wealth. You know, it is not safe right now to assume that all investment professionals are the same. Most brokers are paid on upfront commission to tell you a product. Now, unfortunately, you may never realize that what your fees are paying for and what they are or how those fees affect your performance. As fiduciary advisors, the wonderful folks at Trajan Wealth, well, they have your best interest in mind. You always come first. Now, Trajan Wealth, they can help you with your fiduciary investment management, with annuities, with covert Roth rollover opportunities. And if you're into a mutual fund, there may be a better way. If you want to find out what Trajan Wealth can do for you, why not give them a call? Why not reach out to Trajan Wealth and see what they can do for you? They have an office in Draper. They can help you out each and every day, but all you do is have to give them a call. They'll work with you. They'll organize your generational wealth. They'll talk to your kids about your future and theirs, and they'll make sure that you feel confident enough that your concerns about retirement will be eased. Give them a call today. I'm talking about Trajan Wealth, 801 801- 899-7600-801-899-7. That stocks to 25029. Listen in every Saturday morning at 7 for the Bulls and the Bears right here on KNRS. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Long as I'm long gone, chasing down some blue skies in my old truck. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Thursday, 13th day of uh, January already in 2022. We'll be broadcasting live from the uh, 2022 International Utah Auto Expo or Utah International Auto Expo down there at the uh, Mountain America Expo Center tomorrow. We invite you to come on by and say hello. Should be a fun time. Always is. I'll give you a chance to look at some of the uh, new cars and the trends in cars that are coming. Man, they're becoming so sophisticated. And I'm debating if I want to go the electric vehicle route. I really am. My wife is not convinced. uh -uh. Uh, I'm debating that. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people. I see more and more of them out on the road today, but I just wonder about them. Not sure. Uh, Jesse Kelly, by the way, coming your way tonight after uh, our news update at the top of the hour. We were just talking with uh, Salt Lake County Councilman Dave Alvord about the vote today. On the uh, part of the Salt Lake County Council, the council voting 5-4 to four to uh, maintain and to support a mask mandate issued by County Health Director Angela Dunn a week ago tomorrow. Been a really divisive and hotly contested issue here in, this, in the county, but the county council voting, two Republicans went along with the Democrats and voting 5-4 to four to keep the mask mandate in effect. It is a 30-day mandate. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk more about the impact of this is Michelle Corigliano. Michelle, of course, Executive Director of the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association on our Newsmaker line. Michelle, how are you? Welcome back to the show, and Happy New Year to you, Michelle. Oh, Happy New Year to you, too. Hi, Rod. Uh, All right, Michelle, does this mandate make life easier or harder for restaurants in Salt Lake County? Well, depends who you speak with. (laughs) I will say... 
the majority do feel like it's, it makes things easier because if there's a mandate, the owners know what is expected, the guests know what is expected, and there usually isn't an argument. Now, I will say that there are different parts of the county that have different experiences, and, you know, we have 350 entrepreneurs in our organization, and I can't say that everyone thinks alike, but as an organization, we really... The employees healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if you know this, but um, restaurants are having a heck of a time right now with all of their employees getting yeah. sick. Yeah, and this was this all started before mandate. So there were restaurants that actually had to close down, and in our industry, you never close. Like the owners figure out how to always stay open no matter what. But in this last week or two, we have had. And multiple restaurants have had to close down for a couple of days because they didn't have any employees. Wow, wow. What are the requirements of this, this mask mandate now that it's upheld and is in place, Michelle, for restaurants? Do they have to post signs? What exactly do they have to do? No, they don't have, as far as I understand, they don't have to post signs. I haven't seen anything like that. But um, the employees know that they are asking uh, guests to wear masks when they come in and if they go to The only time they don't have to is when they're actively eating. Yeah. Um, what can, you, you mentioned experiences, and uh, your restaurants are having different experiences depending on what part of the county they're, they're from <laughs> yeah, right now. True. Michelle, what, what kind of experiences are you hearing out there? Well, in the original state, um, we had a lot of people down in the south and southwest part of the valley have people come in, cause big fusses saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. The owners have to be, you know, cordial and say, well, you could do takeout if you'd like. And then these groups would come in and actually post one-star reviews on the websites, you know, on Google Mm -hmm, and Yelp. mm -hmm. So, and and Google and Yelp have um, put into place a a way that they can get those kind of one-star reviews off if it is in reference to that kind of thing, which they never did in the past. You can't get a review off of those rating sites. But now, when it comes to these kind of things, they've been a little bit more lenient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And have some restaurants been more stringent with their policies than maybe other restaurants? Michelle, you mentioned you've got a large organization, but everybody thinks differently. Are some more, um, uh, you know, using restrictions and uh, implementing restrictions on the mask mandate than maybe others? And is that confusing to the public? Um, you know, I would say everyone asks it. Now, back in the beginning of, of 2020, it was very, very strict. And restaurants knew that they could be written up by the health department if they didn't comply. Now, seeing what kind of reaction there has been, I do think that there's a little bit more leeway um, in giving the guests the benefit of the doubt, I, I, you know, they all have different opinions on where this stands, but I think for the most part, I can tell you generally our rest, our independently owned restaurants and bars are um, complying with the mandate mm-hmm. and Mich- enforcing it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, are we a patient lot of people, Michelle? And I ask that because of this. I mean, I know a lot of restaurants on there are short-staffed. And I've seen signs where people, you know, the restaurant will say, please be patient with us. We're short-staffed. We're try- we'll get to you as soon as we can. And I'm always one says, okay, I understand that. But I don't know if everybody does. I mean... How are how are how are Utahns when it comes to being patient in restaurants? Are you asking if we have Karens in Utah? Oh yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> I will say that ninety nine point five percent of Utahns are so generous and so understanding, and I have seen it firsthand. Where you know a, a server will go up, I'll be with you in just a second. I know you've been waiting, and I've seen guests say, don't worry about it. We understand. You take your time. And it's pretty understood. It's it's rare that we have those that just cause us. I, I rarely, rarely hear that. Now, recently, I did hear a voicemail from one of our bars that did turn away someone that didn't have a mask on. And it it was pretty. It was Ugly. a pretty colorful message. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Maybe I'll send it to you off air. To yeah, don't get me in trouble. Don't get me in trouble, Michelle. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the level of activity. Despite the challenges, are restaurants starting to see an uptick in business, or is still kind of iffy? They have seen an uptick in business. They feel very open right now, but a lot of that has to do with the employee situation. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough employees to open the entire restaurant. They, like I said, some of them have had to close. That is, you know, when you're closed for five days, oh. that yeah. is a great um, hardship for the for the owners. But um, I would say that guests are still pretty great about going out to eat. You know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's their worst year they've ever had. I can say that. Really? They've been able to um, hang on. Oh, that's good. They, they've shifted. Well, our, we have independent owners, and they're entrepreneurs, and they know how to shift and make things work and figure it out. Um, but guests are still going out to eat, and we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good news. Michelle, as yeah, always. Yeah. As always, Michelle, great chatting with you. Thank you for a few minutes of your time. If you're ever, boy, ever looking for somebody to wash dishes, don't call me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Thank Michelle. Thank you so much for All having right. us. Thanks for your support. All okay. right, Michelle. You're welcome. Michelle Corigliano. Michelle is the executive director of the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association, talking about the uh, county mask mandate. Dan, did you ever work in a, uh, a restaurant of any type? Did you ever wash dishes? I can hear you. I can hear you. There I am. There you are. There you are. <laughs> I was a dishwasher. And what? How, how long did you do that, Dan? Did you do it for a long time? I did dishes for two weeks, and then I became a disc jockey. Oh, really? So you did this before <laughs> your illustrious career in radio? Exactly. I worked for Paisanos in Ogden. Really? Really? What would you think of washing dishes? Was it hard? I did not like it, but I liked the rigatoni. <laughs> oh, so you were there. you were there for the benefits, not for the actual job. Yeah, I actually got a steak one time. Uh, really? How much? How much they pay you an hour, if you don't mind me asking? It was now, a this buck was, twenty-five. Yeah, this was years ago. Hundred years ago. Yeah, this was right after the wheel was invented. I think, right? A little before that. <laughs> yeah, before that, we uh, had no delivery. <laughs> I never worked in a restaurant, and uh, boy, it is. I don't know how they do it. It is hard work for people, man. They're. Yeah. I was exhausted when I leave. I, Almost uh, as hard as doing a top forty radio show. Oh, that's easy. Radio's so easy. It's easy. 
Ah, all right. All right, Dan. Thank you. All right. Uh, let me take a minute right now. I mean, we're talking about careers. You know, if you're looking to upgrade your career in 2022, you can do just that with the wonderful team at Rooftech. As a matter of fact, Rooftech, they're the number one roofing company in the state of Utah, by the way, and they're looking for hardworking, dedicated people to join them. If you want to work where you can learn new skills, grow your career, and achieve your goals, Rooftech, well, it's a place for you. The, uh, they offer great pay, outstanding benefits, and when you work for Rooftech, you can expect to get the uh, respect you deserve and the support that you need. Pay and benefits, they're very important, but it's easy to overlook how important the company's work culture is, too, to meet your job satisfaction. The great thing about Rooftech is you don't have to choose one or the other. They pay their people well, and they provide a supportive and welcoming environment where every employee is valued. So don't delay. Rooftech has a variety of great job openings right now. If you want to find out more, visit rooftech.com to view available openings and to apply online. That's rooftech, T-E-K, roof, T-E-K.com. Build to one home or visit online at reversefreedom.com. NMLS ID 1382816. Final few minutes to spend with you on this uh, Thursday here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you'll know. Another reminder, tomorrow, of course, is uh, Thank Rod, It's Friday. We all have always have a good time on Thank Rod, It's Friday. And we'll be broadcasting tomorrow from the 2022 Utah International Auto Expo taking place at the Mountain America Expo Center down there in Sandy. We invite you to come on by. Um, enjoy the, the, the cars that are there. It's always fun to look at a brand new car. Is there anything better than a new car smell? Oh, I just love a new car smell. I've had a new car for a long time. I've got a great car running fine. I'm not interested in uh, uh, buying a new one right now, even though I may be down the road. I'm just worried about if you can find the car you want anymore. You drive by some of these dealerships, and you feel sorry for them because they cannot get new vehicles in there. And I think there are a lot of people who would like to go buy a new car. But right now, it's just hard to get a hold of them. I think the the, uh, shortage of uh, semiconductors and chips is really hurting a uh, lot of the vehicles right now. But we'll be broadcasting live from there tomorrow from 4 to 7. And we invite you to come on by and uh, say hello down at the uh, International Auto Expo in the Mountain America um, uh, Expo Center tomorrow. Um, You know, it is so funny. I mentioned this yesterday, and uh, it's been a very bad day for Joe Biden. It, It started early this morning. Biden tried to uh, read from a teleprompter. He failed miserably when he talked about what the White House is going to do next when it comes to COVID-19. And there really really wasn't anything new. I mean, the White House, you know, they, they, they lost out today on the vaccine mandate. And um, it was highly unconstitutional. We all knew that. But they went ahead with it anyway, even though they were warned, do not do this. And, uh, you know, they, they, they thought they were so smart in the White House that instead of issuing an executive order, they would go through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration and use the um, OSHA to enforce this law, claiming that COVID-19 was dangerous in the workplace. Well, the justices smacked that down today, basically saying, look, COVID-19 is everywhere uh, and is not a work-specific issue. 
And that's one of the issues that the Supreme Court touched on today. It is affecting everybody, not just people in the workplace. So you do not have the authority to go into a workplace and demand that people are vaccinated. You simply do not have that authority. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if the White House, I mean, the White House got smacked down on this pretty good today. So I'm really not sure if, um, if in fact, they will try and do a workaround on this. I hope not. Mike Lee said they shouldn't. Uh, they better not. And I found that interesting. Now, I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks for Joe Biden, it has been a very, very tough time. One year into his administration, and they'll be celebrating that one next Thursday, January 20th. But one year into his administration, it's hard to find anything that he has been able to do. I mean, the Build Back Better program didn't get through. Now, he did get an infrastructure bill, but he needed the help of Republicans to do that. And there were several who stepped up and helped him do just that. But look, I mean, um, there's a great article today. And it was uh, written by a friend of ours. We've had Eric on the show before, Eric Erickson, who uh, hosts a uh, show in Atlanta. And he talked about Joe Biden's Katrina moment. Now, you remember Hurricane Katrina, the damage it did to New Orleans, and how much um, criticism George W. Bush came under for the way that he, uh, he responded to Katrina. Remember, there was that, uh, the, the famous scene of him flying over the New Orleans area, heavily damaged by the hurricane, in Air Force One, and the pilot would tilt the wings one way or another so he could look out, but he never landed on the ground. And a lot of people looked at that as uh, George Bush being uh, a lack of compassion on the part of George Bush and reaching out and touching people and being a comfort to them, which we expect our presidents to do. And Eric pointed out today that the Katrina moment for Joe Biden, think about it, what is it? It's Afghanistan. And that was, what, uh, end of July, early August of last year, and we abandoned the people of Afghanistan. There was not a well-thought-out withdrawal from Afghanistan. And ever since then, it has gone downhill for Joe Biden. People out there think there's something wrong with Joe Biden now. He doesn't have it anymore. And I think he is going to have a tough two, almost three years now, before Joe Biden is long, no longer president of the United States. Hang on, folks. We'll make it, but it's going to be a rough ride. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.